Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. I'm Ryan Gable, 
And this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us on The Secret Teachings, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And of course, check out our website where you can find our archive and more at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you missed last night's broadcast, it is in the archive for free, and it's also posted on Facebook. A very powerful show last night. A very powerful interview with Dr. Andrew Kaufman on the science of consensus. And the reality is there is no science of consensus. Science is not a consensus, and consensus is not science. One of the things we talked about last night was a PLOS-1 article dating back a couple of years about how most published research findings are false, meaning that much of what we call science, even in the documented kind, is fraudulent, is false, is misleading. What the author of this article, John P.A. Lowen Indis, L-O-A-N-N-I-D-I-S, says are the modelings of false positive findings. We're not talking about COVID-19. There's a lot of false positives there, but we're talking about science in general. What is science? They tell us that science is what the consensus tells us it is. That one thing is true, but something else is not true. That there are not two genders, and that the climate is driven by carbon dioxide. And to disagree with either statement, you're seen as transphobic, you're seen as both anti-science and anti-environment. You might as well make it your specific business and go out of your way to pollute and to destroy the natural environment because that's what you're doing by not agreeing with the consensus. But science is not consensus. Consensus is not science. Just because the consensus says this is what we do doesn't mean, or this is what we believe doesn't mean that it's true. It's a fallacy. That article is linked up on the website at www.thesecretteachings.info, or you can simply visit your search engine and type in PLOS1. Why Most Published Research Findings Are False, written by John P.A. Lone Nittis. And you can read that for yourself. Also, you've probably heard quite a bit about this. One of the scenario narratives from the Rockefeller Foundation Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development funded by the Rockefeller Foundation and the GBN, the Global Business Network. It provides a number of scenarios for the changes in the development of global civilization. 
you know, just like the books written by Henry Kissinger and others. One particular scenario called Lockstep, a world of tighter top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. Now, I'm not sure if anybody has read this section. It's a short section in the document. I think the document's about 30, 40, something like that pages. I've got a copy of it here. Well, double-sided, it's like 40 pages, so it's probably an 80-page document, maybe close to 100. But this is the section on something called lockstep. I want to read it to you, kind of skim through it, so that you can see exactly, you see the actual referenced material. When you hear about lockstep, what is lockstep? I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'll just read it to you, skim through some of this. You can find it by searching online. Just type in lockstep, L-O-C-K-S-T-E-P, Rockefeller Foundation, PDF. If you type in PDF, you'll bring the, the, the actual document up and you can get a copy of it. You can download it. You can print it out. Here's what it is. Scenario narratives, lockstep. And this is what they're saying. This isn't a prediction. It's a revelation of the method or at least a revelation of one of a number of methods. Different scenarios for the future, many of which can be engineered and brought about like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Here's what the document says, and then I want to take you from this and what we talked about with Kaufman last night into a subject that bears essentially no relationship to it, if you've seen tonight's promo, but it is intimately connected. This is the lockstep scenario. In 2012, the pandemic, we're off to a good start, aren't we? In 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years finally hit. Unlike 2009's H1N1, this new influenza strain originating from wild geese was extremely virulent and deadly. Even the most pandemic-prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just seven months, the majority of them healthy young adults. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economics. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global supply chains. Even locally, normally bustling shops and office buildings sat empty for months, devoid of both employees and customers. And it goes on to discuss the pandemic and how it spread around the planet through disproportionate numbers that died in Africa, Southeast Asia, and Central America, where the virus spread like wildfire in the absence of official containment protocols. But even in developed countries, containment was a challenge. It says the United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency, accelerating the spread of the virus, not just within the U.S., but across borders. However, a few countries did fare better, China in particular, the Chinese, government quick, uh, Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens as well as its instant and near hermetic sealing off of all borders saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of the virus far earlier than in other countries and enabling a swifter post-pandemic recovery. The post-pandemic is the new normal. It is the new order. It is the new order of the world. 
not a conspiracy, a well-documented attempt to take full control of all nations of the world in order to create a safe and secure society, for those of you who might understand that reference. In the technology section of Lockstep, and if you're just tuning in and you're thinking, why is he talking about coronavirus? Didn't we hear about this Lockstep thing like months ago? See, I'm not rehashing things that I see on YouTube. I'm actually going and I'm getting the information I'm pulling it, and I'm providing context and structure so that we can look at the details of tonight's show, which have nothing at all to do with coronavirus. But as a segue from the show last night with Dr. Andrew Kaufman, I need to bring this up so I can lead you with the theme of science is not consensus from last night's show into what we're going to talk about tonight. And if you stay tuned, I'm going to explain to you in just a moment what that is. The technology for lockstep as this pandemic spreads in this synthetic Rockefeller Foundation scenario, is that scanners would be used in airports, advanced functional magnetic resonance imaging. The technology would become the normal at airports and other public areas to detect abnormal behavior that may indicate antisocial intent. In the aftermath of the pandemic, scarce, smarter packaging for food and beverages is applied first by big companies and producers in a business-to-business environment and then adopted for individual products and and consumers. New diagnostics are developed to detect communicable diseases. The application of health screening also changes. Screening becomes a prerequisite for release from a hospital or prison successfully, showing the spread of many, slowing the spread of many diseases. Telepresence technologies respond to the demand for less expensive, lower bandwidth, sophisticated communication systems for populations whose travel is restricted, you know, using Skype and using Facebook or FaceTime or something of that nature. Driven by protectionism and national security concerns, nations create their own independent, regionally defined IT networks mimicking China's firewalls. Well, that's not really a prediction of a scenario that's 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 been happening for some time is it not in fact china had google build them their their new firewall system called dragonfly you can look that up governments have varying degrees of success in, pol- in policing internet traffic but these efforts nevertheless fracture the worldwide web they talked about that in event 201 as well that we need to control the flow of information so that we know Who is saying what, when they are saying it, and whether or not we'll make that determination, that information is accurate. But we'll decide. It doesn't matter if it's based on something. It doesn't matter if it's an opinion. It doesn't matter if it's somebody's right to speak freely. We'll censor that. See, I think this is something that a lot of people don't understand. Hate crime is not really a thing. Crime is a thing. Rape murder, theft. These are crimes. Now, you can break it down, and you can analyze it, and you can say one group of people commits more of this crime, and one group of people is the victim of this crime, but although one group of people might be the victim of crime A, that group of people might be the main perpetrator of crime B. See, hate crime doesn't really exist. Crime 
exists. All right? Crime exists. And it doesn't necessarily have to do with what is legal. Crime exists. Now, you hear about how science is real. Have you ever heard that statement before? I want you to think of something for a moment. Science is real. You see the signs. And if you want to speak politically, typically the people that have the signs and say science is real are usually Democrats or they lean to the left. This particular political affiliation, although it's not really truly democratic in that, in that context of the word, it's not a, a, really a democratic party. Well, this group tends to support the LGBT community, right? Just laying some foundation for you. Just please listen to what I'm saying so I can, I'm asking you a question. I want you to think about this for yourself. Think about this. So this group of people believes in science, and they're also in support of the LGBT community. That's okay. That's fine. No problem there. But my question is, they say that sex slash gender is a concept. It's a social construct. Sex and gender don't actually exist. However, through their cognitive dissonance, they believe that race, as defined by black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latino, etc., 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 they believe that race is science. The funny thing about it is race, if you define the word race, race refers to a collection of various cultural and genetic traits. However, those individual traits and cultural customs are part of a much larger race known as the human race. Therefore, race ultimately, is a social construct. You can say, well, people look different than me. They do. They have different cultures and different genetics. Everybody has slightly different genetics, different traits, different characteristics, but they're still part of the human race. So, and if you want to define racism as being one group that is discriminating against another group, race ultimately is a social construct. Gender, on the other hand, is not a social construct. Gender is a science. Gender is a biology. Now, on that subject of gender, I'm not saying that if you identify as something else, identify as something else. To me, it doesn't affect me. But scientifically speaking, biologically speaking, physiologically speaking, you are either a man or a woman. Beyond that, I don't really care what you classify yourself as, who you have sex with. I'm not concerned with such petty labels, identifications, and categories. But there are only two sexes. If you're two guys and you want to have sex, I don't care. If two girls want to have sex, I don't care. If three guys and four girls want to have sex, some orgy, I, why do I care? I don't care. That's your decision. See, ultimately, no matter what the, sub the subject is, the story is, I myself am responsible for me. I'm responsible maybe for my son, but I'm responsible for me. I'm responsible for my actions, not the actions of other people, 
not the actions of my friends, not the actions of family, not the actions of anybody but me. I'm responsible for my actions. I'm not responsible for my ancestors' actions. And I sure as hell am not responsible for perceived historical injustices that I guarantee you the average person who screams about racism and screams about social constructs about gender know nothing about. You ever heard the phrase, ignorance of the law does not negate the law? Something to that effect. There are different versions of it. Well, ignorance of human decency and ignorance of human rights does not negate those human rights. Ignorance of law, likewise, does not negate the law, correct? That's how the phrase puts it. So if ignorance of the law does not negate the law, my question is, what does Black Lives Matter really want? We've heard the co-founders say they want the president out of office. We've heard that the foundation of Black Lives Matter is rooted in actual racism and hatred of the police and police homicide. We know that Black Lives Matter systematically through Antifa threatens businesses to support them or they'll get vandalized. It's an act of terrorism. BLM, by definition, then, is a terrorist organization, just like Antifa, just like any group that threatens violence to meet their political or otherwise their social or cultural, whatever the concept or the idea might be, to meet their demands. Racism, race is a construct. Discrimination occurs against human beings. Black, white, Asian, doesn't matter. One group or another group does not own discrimination. They do not own the Holocaust. They do not own slavery. How many people at a Black Lives Matter rally walk around with Nikes and Adidas, iPhones and Androids? Do you know how those pieces of clothing and footwear and phones are manufactured? Not just by sweatshops. We're talking about modern-day slaves modern-day slaves. So how could you reference slavery at a rally about slavery and about black lives and about police brutality? Nobody has a conclusion on what exactly it represents. Everybody has their own view. But ultimately, not only is it founded on bigotry and hatred, though it seems like on the surface it's peaceful because you get morally good people who are a part of it, but the people that are a part of it are, are literally supporting modern-day slavery. I'm responsible for me, bottom line. I'm responsible for me. And when I ask, what does Black Lives Matter really want? Well, everybody kind of has a different idea, right? The co-founder wants the president gone. Others want the police departments defunded. Of course, that brings in the Strong City Network and the United Nations, the blue helmets that Kissinger talked about. Tomorrow, they will be grateful when the Blue Helmets come into Los Angeles to restore order. It's a famous Kissinger quote. Look it up. I didn't say it. He said it. But they also say that they want equality. They want justice. They want 
government reform. Okay, well, if they want government reform, you, you literally want policies and laws and things like that to be written to protect black people? Is that what I'm hearing? Or you want reparations of some kind? Isn't that, that's kind of insulting, I would think, if I was a black man. And besides, as a white man, that's insulting. Why? Not that I need to classify myself that way, but since these people have to make everything about race because they're racists, I need to know why that is. I didn't do anything to you. Well, your ancestors did. You don't know my ancestors. I have a lot of Native American ancestors. If anything, you know, I can make the same claim you're making. It's preposterous. But if you want some kind of legislative change, you do know that there already is, there already are restrictions against discrimination. Well, people are still discriminated against. People are still racist. Yeah, there, there are people that are probably legitimately racist and voice it, but it's such a teeny tiny number. You have to have stories about Jesse Smollett with a fake noose, or a real noose, but it's, it's fake. You have to have stories about black NASCAR drivers and you know garage door closers in their, uh, in their garage with their car and how that was racist. That's all fake. You have to start making up these, these hate crimes because you can't actually find a real hate crime. So, you want legislation? We already have it. Yeah, well, people are still discriminating. Yeah, you can't stop that. And besides, people's personal opinions, unless they're directly harming you and depriving you of life and liberty, they're their opinions and they're entitled to them no matter how racist or how bigoted they are. That's the bottom line. If you don't like that, and you say that we need true equality and you call on that person to shut their mouths, that's not really equality, is it? But you can't speak logically to these people. I'm going to get deeper into this. Calls to ban the Star-Spangled Banner. We'll talk a little bit more about the Minneapolis Police Department removing, being removed from Minneapolis, potentially. Also, the State Department in the 1960s and the U.N. disarming the world. A little bit about the Civil War and more right here on The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. More. After this break, www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings radio show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe. 
and you donate $35 through PayPal, you'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. This is Freddie Silva, author of First Templar Nation. My website is www.invisibletemple.com and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio with your host, Ryan Gable. Thanks for being very knowledgeable. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have someone who actually understands the subject matter that uh, he's discussing. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. In the introduction to this show, which has been around since the inception, I've changed it here or there, I have a quote by Bill Cooper, who wrote Behold a Pale Horse. Bill Cooper says it's time that you got acquainted with the real, hard truth. And I think I've got some thunder behind it to make it dramatic. But it's time you got acquainted with the real hard truth. And there are many people that have political or other identifications that say some of the same things that I say, and therefore I'm associated with those groups. Let me make it very clear, I am not a Republican. Sure as hell, I'm not a neocon, I'm not a liberal, I'm not a Democrat. 
I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a constitutionalist. I'm none of these things. But, Ryan, you talk about the Constitution. You say the word liberty. That does not place me into a group. Only in your mind does it place me into a group. And if it does that, that's a very narrow mind that you have. I do not take a stance on those subjects. I am not a political person, and I sure as hell am not an anarchist. Nor am I a communist or a socialist or a Marxist. I have certain disdain for certain political groups and certain social activities. Perhaps more than any, I despise Marxism. So I do have a subjective opinion about the subject. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to have that opinion. But some people are of the opinion that other people cannot have their opinions. Some people believe that if you say something that they consider to be in any way, offensive, that you should shut your mouth and you should be silenced. You should be canceled. You should be shut off. You're not allowed to speak that because equality means I'm going to live my life and I'm never going to be offended by anybody. But see, that never happens because one person who's offended and then they tattle on somebody or they report somebody or they demand that someone shuts their mouth, they're always going to be offended because they're a professional victim. I noticed that if you classified me by looking at me, most of you probably would put me into a category of being a white male who is straight, meaning that I'm apparently at the bottom of the the ladder. I don't get to voice my opinion. I've had my chance. It's not my place to speak now. It's that group of people's chance or place to speak. It's that group of people. So the thing is, though, I I noticed that if I decided, and let me just be very blunt with you, if I decided that I didn't like women's breasts and vagina anymore, and instead I wanted to stick my penis inside of a guy's asshole or have a guy suck me off, I know it's vulgar, but let me explain it. If I decided that suddenly... I would be elevated and my personal opinion would become more important than it was before I made that sexual transition. Essentially, if I'm anything except a straight male, then I have power over those below me. And that hierarchy continues up because, see, when it comes to black people and white people and Hispanic people... You have other groups that they basically gerrymander through the, through the categories. So it's like white people are all bad, except women who are white are better than white men. And black women are better than white women, and they're better than black men who are below white women. But as a group, black people are better than white women and white men. And I'm not saying that this is like an actual clinical university professor that came up with some hierarchy. This is my hierarchy. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm seeing culturally, socially. And there are some people that are at the top of that group. Like, for example, if you're a, you're a whatever, you have money. Well, it doesn't really matter. where It doesn't matter in that hierarchy where you are, does it? There are certain groups, certain religions that take precedent over others. And I'm not talking about a singular global hierarchy. I'm talking about 
generally, at least here in the United States and other countries, it's different. So last week on the show, I did a show called Ancestral Phenomena, where we talked about all the FBI, all the Department of Justice, all the statistics, all the data about crime and about victims and all this. And I've talked about that in public with people that I know. And a common response I get to the new paradigm that I've provided, which is that more white people die at the hands of police and white people are far more likely to be murdered and to be robbed by a black person than white people are to rob or to murder that black person. And then it's only a small percentage of the black community that commits those acts. And you could say, well, Ryan, there's a higher percentage of white people in the United States. And you're right, there are. There's a huge percentage of white people beyond black people. It's about 60-something to 13%. When you look at that data, you realize real quick, well, of course, more white people are going to be killed because there are more white people. Sure, but did you ask the question, what kind of crimes are committed by what group of people? It's like 54% of homicide are committed by 3% of the population. They're black males, 15 to 34. That doesn't mean black people are bad. I've never known a black guy that killed somebody. I'm just simply saying, statistically, Black Lives Matter is wrong. You're wrong. Yeah, black lives matter, but so do all other lives. And you say you can't say that, or silence is violence. You either agree with us, or you are the enemy. No, George Bush, we don't agree with you or we're with the terrorists. That's a false dilemma fallacy. I know what I'm talking about. You, Black Lives Matter, even if it's peaceful, I can respect and accept that I have a friend who goes to those rallies. It's my opinion, and I told him to his face. It's my opinion that you are being misled. If you go down and you're peaceful and you talk to people, that's fine. Bring people. He brings people food. I love this guy. He's great. He's a great guy. I disagree with him about this, and I've explained all this stuff to him. And he says, I really don't have enough information to combat what you're saying. And for him to acknowledge that, I respect it and we move on. And I don't need to classify what he looks like or what his race or what his gender are. I don't care about those things. But if you need to have a conversation about it, let's have a real conversation about it. And let's look at the details of it. So when we can get beyond that and we can understand that, yeah, like idealistically, sure, it's not about race or sex or any of these things. It's about humanity. It's about humanity. Because ultimately, we're all humans. It's a human race. It's not a group of other races interacting with each other. It's a human race. Race is defined by culture and by genetic traits. Therefore, if you're black or if you're, you know, you're, you're Irish or you're Russian. I mean, yeah, it depends where you live and what your traits are. I mean, you might be, you might be a black Asian. Well, not you're basically a part of two races, are you not? You're interracial. So does that mean that you get to make Asian jokes and black jokes? Can you say chink and nigger? As a white person, can I say honky and cracker? Is that acceptable? Well, we should ban those words. It was unacceptable, Ryan, for you to even say those words because you're not Asian and you're not black. No, I'm not. I'm also not white. I'm also not Native American. I'm a human being. Oh, you're denying heritage. You're denying these other people their heritage. No, no, no. We're human beings. 
This is a human race, and within the human race, there are certain subsections in which we have hereditary genetic traits in different cultures, and I love and am open to all those cultures. Some I'm more attracted to than others. Particularly, I like Japanese culture a lot. And there's also something about uh, Middle Eastern culture that I like. I'm just kind of fascinated with cultures. I'm not particularly interested in French culture. It doesn't mean I don't like French people. To think like that is so narrow-minded and so stupid that you're going around basically screaming derogatory terms at people. So let's look at how this actually works. Let's look at how this, this system really is. They say that gender is a construct. No, gender is science. And the same people that say gender is a construct will then say science is real. Well, science can't be real if science defines gender as a science and not a construct. So gender is science. However, if you identify as something else, that's cool, man. I don't care. Well, why, why do I care? You know, I don't care. I don't need to wave a flag to, to support you. Unless you do something to me, and then I, I, I care. It's not because of what your, your sex is. Why, do, why are we so concerned with that? Who cares? Well, I care because I'm a trans person. All right, you make up a small percentage of the population, even if you made up a large percentage of the population. What rights have you been deprived of? Race is a construct. Sex is not a construct. And there's the question. There's the question that needs to be asked and not necessarily answered, but asked and thought about. What rights are you being deprived of? Think about it. What I'm going to ask it again. What rights are you being deprived of? What rights are you being deprived of? What rights... Are you being deprived of? Are your friends being deprived of? Are there other people that you know that are being deprived of something? What rights are you being deprived of? Well, listen here, Ryan. You just don't understand it, okay? Because gay people can't marry in some states. Why do you need the government to tell you whether or not you can get married? Why do you need the government to give you a piece of paper that says it's okay to stick your penis in his butt? Why do you need the government to tell you how to live your life? But yet you believe that government is fundamentally and systemically racist and bigoted. So you want a racist, bigoted entity to give you permission to do something that you feel that you're entitled to as a free human being who is being oppressed by this government. This makes no sense. What makes sense is what marriage is, ultimately a ritual, have a ritual, have your friends over, you're gay, you like me, you want to invite me to your wedding, you know, you're listening to the show, you're a homosexual man or woman, I'll come to your wedding. I don't care if you're homosexual, what does that matter to me? Why are you bringing that up? I don't care. I care about the content of their character. And I think a lot of people reference this quotation by Martin Luther King. This is probably one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's not a virtue signal. It just resonates and it makes me want to cry because this is the epitome of the solution to the bickering and to the problem. And this goes way, way deeper than social constructs in biology and science. I'm going to continue to expand on this through tonight's show. You just need to have a little bit of patience with me so we can break this down. This is basically a lecture 
This isn't like I'm going to give you my opinion for 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 four segments. This is a, a, a two hour presentation, so you need to stay for all of it to get every detail. The famous quote by Martin Luther King: "I have a dream." that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I find it funny that so many of the things that Martin Luther King stood for have been taken out of context, that have been exploited, they've been used to sell trucks. Remember the Martin Luther King speech to sell a truck at the Super Bowl? How offensive that was. Or rather, how inoffensive it was to many people. They thought it was fine, and it is fine. What, what, what's the, what's that? There's not, there not, there isn't, and there should never be restrictions on what people say or do in that context. If you're a racist, be a racist. That's the bottom line. If you commit a crime, then you're a criminal, and you should be prosecuted with due process of law for that crime in front of a jury of your peers, and be presented the evidence against you. What are you being accused of? You can face your accuser. That's how it should work. That's how it ultimately does work. So my question again is, what rights have you been deprived of? While you go around ignorant of history, and you go around ignorant of basic things like sex is fundamentally and universally part of biology and science. It's not a construct. Race, on the other hand, is a construct. Yeah, sure, race is science and biology and genetics and heredity, but it's also culture. And the subsections of the human race are defined as races, And we see each other in a certain way, in a certain light, in certain circumstances. But ultimately, race, as we define it as groups of people, is completely an actual social construct. So, should we be judging people based on the color of their skin or the content of their character? And for some reason, that quote nowadays is like, it's like controversial, like, ooh, you can't say that. What are you talking about? I can't say the the leader of the civil rights movement, one of the leaders of the civil rights movement, there are many that, that we never hear about people's names. We know about Martin Luther King, Martin Luther King Jr. The content of character, asshole. The content of character, not the color of your skin. You know, I drove downtown. Here in Rochester, New York, I'm in Bloomfield now, but in Rochester, New York, and I drove past a Black Lives Matter rally. They're having them like every day. You know what I saw at this Black Lives Matter rally? I didn't get close enough to count every single person, but when I got down there, I didn't see like an overwhelming support of Black Lives Matter signs or anything like that. When I looked, when I saw, it looked like a gay pride parade. It looked, and not just like it looked like it, I mean, it was literally people waving rainbow flags, and they had like those sign flags, and people were dressed up. They looked like the guy from Arrested Development with the fruit hat riding the sign on the boat, you know? They just looked, it looked like a gay pride parade. And, you know, to quote George Costanza, not that there's anything wrong with that. But what I'm saying is, why is a Black Lives Matter rally essentially a gay pride parade? 
was the same reason that all the anti-gun marches were ultimately anti-Trump marches, and they the women's marches were ultimately anti-Trump marches, and the Black Lives Matter was an anti-Trump march. And I don't even like Trump, but I'm just curious to know why all these specific individual groups and rights that get together and have all this coordination and money and all this all this this organization, and yet uh, they're, they they're not representing what they should be representing. I'm, this is just anecdotally speaking, but that's what it looked like. It looked like a gay pride parade. Why are you waving rainbow flags at a Black Lives Matter rally? Well, there are some gay black people. What are you talking about? Are you a gay black person? No. Well, then why why do you care? Well, because I care about other people. That's honorable. That's admirable. But let me ask you two questions. The gay people that are black in this particular scenario that you care about, do you know anybody that's black and gay? And if you do, you, you know one person, you know two people, great. They're your friends. Have they done anything bad to you? No, they're my friends. Well, then why are you holding a sign saying that you stand with people that have not done anything horrible to you? And if they've done some bad stuff to you, again, why are you supporting them? And two, why aren't you concerned with the actions, the content, the character, not the color, not where they like to rub their genitals? And if you don't know anybody who's black and gay, why, again, are you out here with the sign? Well, I stand with those people. Well, you don't know those people. Those people could be murderers. You don't know anything about those people. How can you stand with a group of collective individuals. You know nothing about those people. You're judging people based on the color of their skin, based on their sexuality. You're not judging people based on the content of their character. It's kind of the foundation for civil rights, isn't it? Something to that effect anyway, something within that context, the content of character. Now, let me tell you what this is all really about. And I'm telling you what, if you read history... You no longer walk around confused and dazed and unable to answer questions when people say, well, why are you supporting a Black Lives Matter rally where the founder of Black Lives Matter was not only racist but and, and a cop hater, but the, the, the co-founder said that the goal is not about justice and equality. It's about removing the president because he's white and racist inherently, which is another racist statement. And how Black Lives Matter is funded, they get money through donations that go into a company called Act Blue, which is the primary campaign contributor to Joe Biden at a hundred plus million dollars. Act Blue, A C T B L U E. And Joe Biden, just during the campaign trail, has said things like white children are smarter than poor children, or poor kids are just as smart as white kids. He said things like, oh, I don't know, if you can't decide who to vote for as a black person, you're not really black. I mean, the guy is a staunch, legitimate, classic Democratic racist. Classic Ku Klux Klan. I wouldn't be surprised that man is in the Ku Klux Klan. In fact, what about Robert C. Byrd, who was named in the book Transformation of America as being a child molester and rapist, whether that's true or not, I don't know. It doesn't really matter for this conversation. But why isn't his statue removed? Why isn't Bird's statue removed? Didn't, uh, didn't Bird, like, uh, did, wasn't he like a Grand Templar Knight Master of the Ku Klux Klan? Why isn't his statue ripped down? Because the idiots that are doing that have no clue what they're doing 
because they're either participating with agent provocateurs or they're being paid and they know exactly what they're doing. And that's why they don't touch those statues, because the public is historically and modernly ignorant of who the real monsters are. And I'm going to tell you who the real monsters are right now. You ever heard the phrase, the Soviet Union's today is our tomorrow? It was a Chinese phrase. The Chinese used it. I should say the Chinese Communist Party used it. The Soviet Union's today is our tomorrow. Stalin wrote a book. You know Joseph Stalin, right? The man who killed three times as many people as Hitler but gets no mention because his ideology is prized by intellectuals at the universities and prized by very wealthy men and women today. And that's why the Lenin statues aren't taken down. And that's why they erect, in some places, statues of these communist leaders. Stalin wrote a book. The title is summed up as A Short Course. It was known as the Red Book. And in the book, he wrote about how all significant development under his leadership and in general under socialism, communism, all significant development was the result of political struggles between Lenin and Stalin and incorrect positions held by anti-party members. So if you disagree with the party, you're an anti-party member. And anything bad, you did that. Anything good, We did that, whether we had any position in it or not. Stalin said, quote, as the socialist revolution deepens, class struggle intensifies. He said, quote, as we grow stronger, the enemy will become tamer and more inoffensive. However, this was not the case because people became more offensive and less tame. And because the whole idea is that any positive development is a result of the party, any negative development is just a result of agitators and anti-party members, the paranoia grew where even those that supported the party in Russia and the Soviet Union, even those that supported the party were ultimately exterminated. Because the enemies were no longer out there. The enemies were anyone who questioned the party. And Stalin would just have you photoshopped out of images. The technology that, that, that we use today didn't exist back then, but they found a way to basically photoshop people out of images. All you had to do was raise a finger in opposition and question of the leadership or the misleadership. So all the enemies became people that were identifiable within the party. And any kind of activity outside of what the party and up the hierarchy, the Politburo, what Stalin said, was considered suspicious. Anything outside of the collective was suspicious, meaning anything out of the collective hive mind was suspicious. Thought was suspicious. Any kind of economic activity. All the people that they love socialism and communism, I live in a commune and grow my own food, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make trinkets and knickknacks, and okay, great. But you do know that in a truly socialist communist state, any independent economic activity is seen as not only capitalist, but it's seen as anti-party. And you will be systematically exterminated as a result of that. So good luck with your crafts, because they will be smashed beneath the ripping imprint of a boot with the face of humanity forever. Because we've allowed the doctrines of this 
political control system, which was financed by the British Empire to a large extent, to take hold today because we don't know a damn thing about history. When we come back from break, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about history. It'll include the destruction of the four olds, what the socialist education campaign was and how it exists today, and what the war in the United States between the states, the North and the South, was really all about. We'll also talk about the destruction of American icons and what the destruction and downfall of the United States means and represents and how it's being done. All of that right here on The Secret Teachings. The one thing that you don't want to forget as we go to break is the socialist education campaign, which was established by Mao and Communist China, had a phrase. Had a phrase. The phrase was, never forget class struggle. And the goal was to use poor people and middle peasants to create conflict. And I'll ask you, is that not what we're experiencing today? It's not a byproduct of some cyclic, natural phenomenon of human nature and history. It's history repeating itself for a number of reasons, but primarily because it's scripted and it is institutionalized. It is well written, and the written text of that agenda is being followed to the T, to the dot of the I, and to the pyramid. Right at the top. That's how this works. Top to the bottom, to the left, to the right. This is an agenda. This is a plan. It is textbook, and it is being systematically initiated, implemented, and succeeded. And they will succeed. That's the bad news. The good news is, I'll tell you when we get back from break. Ryan Gable here, host of The Secret Teachings. The website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Don't go anywhere. More after this on The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35, and you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books if you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more. The books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. 
And catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports the secret teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM thefringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info There will be no place for dissent in future Marxist-Leninist America. I was asleep before. That's how we let it happen. When they slaughtered Congress, we didn't wake up. When they blamed terrorists and suspended the Constitution, we didn't wake up then either. Now I'm awake. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. Your government thanks you for your participation. The modernization process in the United States is going to be completed. We are trained Marxists. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans. Class struggle is the key link, the Marxist ideological, political, and organizational line. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Class struggle... Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Blessed be America for letting us purge and cleanse our souls. Join me as we eliminate evil. Black lives suspended the Constitution. We didn't wake up then either. We are trained Marxists. I know the day that happens. I'm sure it feels very real to you. Class struggle. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Black lives matter! And you ain't black. Black lives matter! One day live in the nation, proud day for 
Constitution. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. To collapse the liberal international order. We will see the emergence of a new international the beginning, order. The beginning of a new international order. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. The demoralization process in the United States is basically completed already. Most of it is done by Americans to Americans, thanks to lack of morals. The next stage is destabilization. This time, subverter does not care about your ideas and the patterns of your consumption. The influence of Marxist-Leninist ideas in the United States is absolutely fantastic. Uh, the next stage, of course, is crisis, and after crisis, with a violent change of, of power, structure, and economy, you have so-called the period of normalization. It may last indefinitely. Americans are facing a new normal. I don't think we ever get back to normal. Normalization. I think this is one of the new normals. Normalization. It may last indefinitely. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM, Monday through Friday, five nights a week. You can also listen to an older episode of the Secret Teachings that airs immediately after. Check us out on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. And don't forget about our 4th of July raffle. You can win a pocket constitution, three free books with free shipping in the United States, and a one-year radio archive subscription. All you have to do is donate $4, the 4th of July raffle, $4 by PayPal, and you could win a pocket constitution, three free books, and a one-year radio archive subscription. It's just through this week, and we'll have the winner on Monday's show next week. We'll wait through the weekend since the 4th is over the weekend and then we'll have a winner for that. So 4th of July raffle just donate $4. You can use the PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com or email me if you have any questions on how to do that. It's the same PayPal, the same email where you can buy one of the books that I've written or that you can subscribe to the archive. When you do that you get a free book anyway. So I try to make things as cheap and as easy to access as possible. I know sometimes people get upset about, why should I pay for the show? Well, you're not paying for it. You're listen- you can listen for free. I can't stay up that late. Well, you're going to have to subscribe to the archive, or I put out a lot of free shows, and sometimes people email me. They want one single show. I send it to them because I'm a nice guy, and I try to help people. That's why I do this show and that's why I, I spend hours and hours a week preparing these shows. And when people just say to me, not listeners, but people that I'm talking to in public just say things to me, you know, they, they're probably usually friends or people, you know, people that I know in public is what I mean. And they're like, well, that's just your opinion. Or, ah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know enough about it to combat what you're saying, so you're wrong. No, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. I'm sorry to 
bust your little teeny tiny bubble that you live in. But it's not how you, just because you didn't read doesn't mean that I'm wrong. Just because you don't know what I'm talking about doesn't mean that I'm wrong. And it sure as hell doesn't mean that you're right. Joseph Stalin wrote a book. It became known as the Red Book. And in that book, he talked about how every significant development of the socialist camp was a result of proper political direction. Anything that was negative was a result of that positive political direction and the opposition to it struggling to defeat the positive political direction. But it was an idea in opposition held by people who were anti-party members. Stalin wrote that as the socialist revolution deepens, because it doesn't end, it's ongoing. Until, like Orwell said, there will be the complete destruction of human production. As the socialist revolution deepens, class struggle intensifies. Class struggle intensifies. In communist China, Mao Zedong had four specific things that he intended to eradicate. Those four things were old customs, cultures, habits, and ideas. Of course, getting rid of old habits, you can replace them with new habits of the now controlling power structure. Old ideas, nobody thinks for themselves. There are thought police and political correctness. Old customs, for the same reason as old habits. Get rid of the old customs and culture, and you essentially destroy the individual components, the individual fragments of the overall human race. And you make the human race one enormous gray blob by destroying the individual colorful elements of that otherwise gray blob. The destruction of the four olds. But this isn't just something that Mao Zedong thought up. This is the foundation for genocide. And this is the foundation for the conquering of foreign lands and empires throughout history. You destroy the people's customs and culture and idea and habit and you destroy their history so they don't know anything about where they came from. They sure as hell don't know where they're going. Don't worry. The powered elite this particular party or that particular party or this ideology or this ideology or that ideology or that ideology, they'll tell you where you're going. You just better not ask questions. So cut your head off. Then there's also something that I think you should all go take a look at. Type this in, research this. I'm just presenting you with the information. What do I know? I've just read three books this week. And like Alex Jones says, I'm not bragging, but seriously, I'm sitting here, I, I read thousands of thousands and thousands and thousands of news articles a year. I read hundreds of books a year. And then people, none of you, but people still have the audacity to tell me, as I'm sure they tell you for doing the same thing, that's your opinion. You don't, you don't know, I don't know anything about that, so you're wrong. That's not how it works, moron. The socialist education campaign of the Cultural Revolution in China. Let me tell you what this was about. It was founded on four words, never, forget, class, struggle. 
Never forget class struggle. Never forget class struggle. It used the poor and the middle peasants to create strife and conflict. It used the poor people to create conflict. It destroyed those four olds. At the time in communist China, nearly 100,000 people were slaughtered in this socialist education campaign, and 5 million party members were purged from the party for holding anti-party ideas, meaning that they questioned the party in some capacity. I don't like that color of red. I, I think we should make it a little bit lighter. He disagreed with Mao, the loser, womanizer, piece of trash. Like, literally, more than Joseph Stalin, Mao is probably the biggest loser who also is the biggest mass murderer in the history of the world. And people just... They know nothing about this. They just they all they know is they love Mao. They love Mao Zedong. Why do you like Mao Zedong? I can almost understand why you like Stalin, you know, or why you like Lenin or something like. At least there's some kind of like arguable reason why, because you like communism. Mao was beyond a communist. This guy was just a mass murdering psychopath, womanizer, liar, backstabber. And, of course, the classic traits of someone like this, extremely insecure. So Mao was a piece of shit. Not much different than Winston Churchill or FDR. Complete pieces of human garbage. Complete pieces of human garbage. But Mao Zedong really tops the cake. I mean, Mao Zedong was just a complete piece of trash. And yet you have people running around today, and they love Mao. They love them some Mao Zedong. They love them some Joseph Stalin. But you can't do any research on Adolf Hitler because that is banned. That is bad. He hurt some Jews. Shut up, racist Nazi. You don't get to speak. But if you want to study Mao, they'll send you books at the university for free. The professor will tell you all about Mao. They'll tell you how great he was. They'll tell you what a, a wonderful country he built by slaughtering hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, but he didn't do that directly. It was a big famine. Oh, so he did it with negligence. So you're telling me somehow indiscriminate murdering is better than discriminatory murdering. As far as I understand, it's still murder. And you break it down like, well, black people are killed by white people more often. That's not true. So I don't know where you got that information from. Well, where are you getting your information from? FBI statistics, Unifying Crime Report. Well, yeah, but that's just like their opinion, man. Like, my opinion is that... No, no, no. There's, there's statistics. It's that. What do you mean? It's, it's, it's an opinion. It's not an opinion. Mao Zedong is a loser. So are all your communist socialist leaders. And for that matter, so are most of your Republican and Democratic leaders. Have you looked at these people? You look like Mitch McConnell. You looked at that guy? You look at, you look at like... Remember John McCain? Are you kidding me? Look at, look at even people like... I mean, even though a few things that comes out of his mouth I agree with, but people like, what's the guy that looks like the guy, the kid from, or the thing from Lord of the Rings? Ted Cruz. He looks like a character from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's ad hominem. But all these heroes, political he why are political people your heroes? Why are celebrities your heroes? You know who should be your hero? Legitimate leaders like 
Martin Luther King. But I can't say what Martin Luther King said because they've hijacked his image and they've overturned it. So I can't say judge someone based on the color, not on the color of their skin, but the content of their character. That's what makes me racist for saying that. You know, it's time to stop capitulating to the fear of what's what are they going to think? What are they going to do to me? You can't say that. You look a certain way. You are a racist moron if you think that. White men have had their time. It's time for this race or that race or this sexuality. Well, why why if a guy, you know, is homosexual but he's white, why does he get to speak and I don't get to speak? That's incredibly discriminatory. Well, because gay people throughout history, how many gay people have there been throughout history? Not many. I'd imagine quite close to zero up until somewhat recently. Doesn't mean I hate gay people. And people just look, they look at me, they tell, tell me all the time, you, you say things that are really controversial. Oh, I'm, I didn't know FBI data was controversial. I'm, so, I'm sorry that I read you Department of Justice statistics. Oh, I'm sorry. I told you who runs Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that a eugenicist founded Planned Parenthood and that Planned Parenthood kills over a quarter of a million black people every year. I'm sorry the number one leading of death for number one, number one leading cause of death for black people is uh, Planned Parenthood. And I'm sorry that Planned Parenthood teamed up with Black Lives Matter. And I'm sorry that they're racist eugenicists who wanted to exterminate black people. And I'm sorry that as a black person, if you speak your opinion, the racists like Joe Biden say, get back in line. Get back on the plantation. You got some cotton to pick, boy. Get back on that plantation. Shut your mouth. You ain't even black if you don't vote for me. That's classic. That's classic. Boy, oh boy, is that classic if you read history. Boy, oh boy, is that classic. You look at Joe Biden, dude, that guy... That guy is a plantation owner. Archetypically, he is a plantation. You know, he's sitting out there sipping some iced tea in a white suit with a white hat on. He's just whipping those black boys. Get back in the field. Ryan, that's very racist of you to say that. I didn't say the shit that he said. He said that stuff. He said if you don't know who to vote for as a black man, you ain't black. He said white kids are smarter than black kids. He said that. He's a racist, not me. I'm part of the human race. You want to talk about crime? Well, a crime is a crime. There's no hate crime. There's no racially motivated crime. There's crime. Doesn't matter why you do it. You did it. Psychologically, statistically, you want to try to understand why they did it. Okay, but you still did it. You raped her. You raped him. Yeah, it's like one in six men are raped, one in four, one in five women. It's pretty close to being identical for rape and sexual assault. It's pretty astounding, but those are CDC numbers. But what, what does it matter? Because as a woman, you've been raped, so that's your paradigm. Men can't be raped because you were raped. Black people can't be racist because white people are racist. Do you understand how racist and sexist this is? You don't want to use those words. That's fine. Do you understand how discriminatory this is? You know what this is? Oh, that's right. I remember. Never forget class struggle. Never forget class struggle. Never forget class struggle. You have to tear down the customs, the culture, the ideas, and the habits. You have to tear down the classes, pit people against each other. What did Joseph Stalin say? You know, the other mustache guy, who he can wear a mustache, but Hitler can't wear one because Hitler's evil. Hitler's bad. You can't even learn about what Hitler did. They'll just tell you, but Stalin's a great leader. Stalin was a piece of garbage. You know, compared to Mao Zedong, 
Stalin was a, was an angel. And I mean, I mean, Stalin maybe was more conscious of what he was doing. Mao was just an absolute psychopath. It's a psychopath that comes to power because a bunch of people are really stupid. As the socialist revolution deepens, class struggle intensifies. Oh boy, does it. Yeah, it does. Never forget class struggle, said Mao. Never forget class struggle. Never forget class struggle. Never forget. There's people different than you. They look different. Go get them. Yahoo News. I mentioned this on Friday's show. Why it might be time to finally replace the Star-Spangled Banner with a new national anthem. Protesters in San Francisco last week toppled a statue of the song's composer, Francis Scott Key. That's a history question I remember from class. A known slaveholder who once again said, or once said, that African Americans were a distinct and inferior race of people, which uh, all experience proves to be the greatest evil that afflicts a community. That sounds pretty racist. I don't know what it was in context with, but that sounds pretty racist. And then, But then it goes on to say that there's this woman, Leanna Morals, who they have to tell you is a, an Afro-Latinx Latinx student at New York's Urban Assembly School for the Performing Arts. Oh, boy, you know who she votes for. And she refused to sing the Star-Spangled Banner at the virtual graduation ceremony, might I add, explaining to the Wall Street Journal, I mean, what is this? You're just some woman in school, and you're like, well, I don't want to sing the national anthem. Wall Street Journal journalist, why don't you want to sing it? I didn't want to wear a mask at work, and I got out of it. Nobody came and interviewed me. So anyway, the Wall Street Journal or journalist, Wall Street Journal journalist, comes and says, "Why aren't you singing the song?" And she says, "With everything that's happening, if I stand there and sing it, I'm being complicit to a system that has oppressed people of color. Really, a system that has oppressed people of color." Well, I'll give you the fact that historically, yeah, black folk haven't been treated the best, but neither have white folk or any other group of people. And context matters a hell of a lot. And so you don't want to suppress the system or you don't want to support the system that's oppressed people of color. My question is this, though. You're going, if I read that correctly, you're going to New York Urban Assembly School for the Performing Arts. So somehow you got into the school. Somehow you haven't been kicked out. Somehow you haven't been sprayed with a fire hose. Somehow you can drink at the same water fountain. Somehow, if you don't have a car, you can ride the bus in the front to this school. Somehow, if you're discriminated against as a black, what did she say she was? Afro-Latinx student. That sounds like what Cortez said that the other day. She's like, I'm a black Latino. I'm a black Latino. What? what? You know, a black Latino, and she she dresses up in some getup. Maybe that was a real hair. I don't know. Just a classic racist. But this woman is like, you're going to this school. You have this great opportunity, and if someone discriminates against you, as opposed to discriminating against me, discrimination against me isn't even recognized. But anybody that looks at you the wrong way, discriminates against you, you can get that person arrested or beat up. What are you talking about? Okay, so historically, you could isolate one or two things that happen. to my people, you know your whole lineage? Just because someone looks black, it don't mean that they're black. In that, con- in that context, does it? Yeah, because you know that one woman who was running for president, what was her name? The woman who sucked a bunch of uh, powerful people off, sucked the mayor off, or the governor or something off? Kamala Harris. And she, she looks kind of black. You know who Kamala Harris's family was? Slave owners. 
well, Ryan, you understand something. You know, some of these white people, they had sex with the slaves and they had kids. So, yeah, of course her family could have been slave owners. Well, if you really want to go down that road, the road, okay. But, you know, by by the association, like if you're white, you must have become from a slave-owning family. Well, this is the most preposterous, asinine thing I've ever heard. But if that's the case, you're, 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 you had at least one parent who was a slave owner. So does that make you like half complicit and half not complicit? You know why this is so confusing? Because it's meant to be. It's meant to be confusing. It's meant to infuriate. And it's meant to never forget class struggle. So this system that oppressed this lady's people... She doesn't support it, but she'll go to the school and she'll use the roads and she'll she'll do everything that's uh, convenient, that's beneficial, and that's easy. But, you know, like not singing the Star Spangled Banner, but if she wants to, like, I, I don't know, check off for uh, food stamps or something like that, you know, black, Latino, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll expedite the, uh, the paper for you there, though, Miss Leanna Morals. These people have no idea. And see, here's the thing. Ignorance is no excuse for the law. Ignorance is no excuse for human rights. You do know that there's a Civil Rights Act in the United States. You do know that there are major, major Supreme Court cases ruling in favor of what you think doesn't exist. You know that the Bill of Rights protects you. You know that the U.S. Constitution protects you. You you do understand that. No, you don't understand that because you're too busy getting rid of the Star-Spangled Banner and you're too busy getting rid of the police in Minneapolis. Which, by the way, if you look up Freedom from War, the United States Program for General and Complete Disarmament in a Peaceful World, they'll tell you what it's all about from the United Nations and the U.S. State Department about disarming the world. And if you read through this whole thing, they'll talk about how adjustment to this change needs to take place, quote, in accordance with the principles of the United Nations and As you read through this thing, they'll tell you how the U.N. needs to be given more and more power and the U.N. will have guns and you won't have guns and this will lead to a disarmed world and there'll be a U.N. peace force equipped with agreed types and quantities of armaments and it would be fully functioning while everybody else is disarmed. That's just what the State Department U.N. document says. I've got a copy of it right here, but who cares what it actually says? You have beliefs to defend, right? Yeah, we're all just a bunch of racists, yeah. My question is this. Here, here's a question I proposed last Tuesday. We'll go to break here in just a second and come back and talk a little, about the, a little bit about the Civil War, uh, which, by the way, a little teaser, Abraham Lincoln was not an abolitionist. Abraham Lincoln was an actual racist. little teaser. But let me ask you this question. Let me think about this for a second. Why do you think there are, perceptually, why do you think white people are more in control of things in the United States? Well, look at the history, like Germans and Irish and Scottish. Mostly white Europeans came here. So we have a lot of white history, if you want to call it white, if you want to be racist. So if we have a lot of white history, my my question is this. If I go to an African country, who is running the government of that African country? Is it some white guy from Indiana? No, it's a black person. It doesn't matter. To me, if they're black, but I'm saying in context with the suggestion that more white people are in control in the U.S., it's a racist country. Well, then by that definition, the Chinese government, the Japanese government, the Russian government, the Pakistani government, the Indian government. You could just go down the list. Not only are they predominantly and exclusively made up of the primary race of that country, 
How uh, you know, regardless of that, there are countries that are predominantly religious. So you go to Iran or Saudi Arabia. I bet you aren't going to find too many Christians. You know any Christian imams? You know any? You know any like? Well, I guess in Saudi Arabia that doesn't really work. I was going to say you know any Jews in Saudi Arabia, but well, ultimately the Saudi royal family is a Jewish family. It's a little little different story there, but with the well, that's that's another show, you know, with the Sabatians and the Frankists and all that. But I imagine that they are Muslims, are they not? Are there like a few Christians in Saudi Arabia that are like, we're oppressed people. There are more Muslims in control. Yeah, because you're in a Muslim country, idiot. Yeah, because you're in a predominantly white country. Of course, there are going to be more white people. What are you, a moron? If I go to Mexico... I'm going to find a bunch of Mexicans, aren't I? If I go to Canada, I'm going to find a bunch of Canadians. Well, it's different. They're they're white in Canada. Oh, they're white. They're French. They're European. They're they're people from all over the world. There's a ton of black people in Canada too. Well, Canada's next. Canada's also racist. Yeah, Canada has a history. So does every country on this planet. You historically ignorant moron. You don't know anything about history, and I don't know anything about history. I know like one-tenth of one percent. You know zero percent. You might actually be in the negative if you think these things. You might be like, you, you know like negative 50 percent history. You're contributing to the ignorance. You don't know anything. So races of people tend to get along with each other in their cultural respect and context. However, there's one human race, and for the most part, people get along unless trouble is stirred up or unless people are really, really, really ignorant. Were there really people, as depicted in movies, who didn't like black folk? Oh, yeah, there are. And there are a bunch of them today, and they're running for office, and they typically are telling the black community, we support you. Uh, They don't support you. They don't support the white community. They support their community. They support the big club. And guess what? Doesn't matter black, Asian, Native American, white, Jew, Christian, Muslim, you ain't in it. You are not in the big club. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere more after this. You are listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. Here at the Secret Teachings Radio Show, we're going on 11 years broadcasting. It's been a long run, and I hope that there'll be a lot more to come. In 11 years, we've acquired a massive amount of shows with hundreds of guests, thousands of timeless subjects. You can access that entire archive right now when you subscribe on our website at thesecretteachings.info. Now, all you have to do, it's very simple, is visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You click the tab at the top of the page that says Donate or Subscribe, and you donate $35 through PayPal. You'll see the button there. You're going to get a one-year subscription with access to every show. You can download it and stream it. You'll also get a free copy of one of my books, and I'll ship it to you free in the United States. It's only $35. 
And you can do that at thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you'll also find my books. If you'd like to see them individually, read reviews, and more, the books are in softcover and digital form, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com and catch us on the Fringe FM five nights a week. When you subscribe to the show or you buy a book, it supports you, it supports the network, and it supports The Secret Teachings. But even if you don't subscribe, you can still find a free archive of some of our best shows on the website, and we give away one free show a week, www.thesecretteachings.info. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was a pretty good fit. Guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. The Fringe FM is the network website, thefringe.fm, our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. We have our 4th of July raffle on thesecretteachings.info. You just simply go to the website, click donate, donate $4 through PayPal. And you could win. We'll announce the winner. We'll have the winner next Monday on the show. Donate $4 and you could win a pocket constitution, three free books with free shipping in the U.S., and a one-year radio archive subscription. And although it's not on the raffle promotional image I made, you also get all three of those books in digital form as well. So you get a lot of stuff there. It's a $4 raffle, and at the very least, that's why we have a raffle. It supports the show, it supports the network, and it supports you. Otherwise, you can get yourself a copy of one of my books on the website in physical or digital form. I'd be happy, get excited, feel honored to autograph those books and send them off to listeners as far away as Australia, New Zealand, uh, the UK, Mexico, Canada, all over the world and get to talk with people from all over the world. I feel very lucky, even though 
this isn't like a formal job. Nobody's saying, hey, we're going to pay you some money and advertise with you to do this. I've just done this for so long. I've made it a profession. And one of the things that's, I think, and I feel that's helped me to make it a profession is that I've been real. I've been direct. Been through a lot of controversy, of course. But I've just always presented documented information. I'm sure many of you have heard historically about the American Civil War, whether you were from this country, another country, wherever you're living, I'm sure you know about the uh, Civil War, right? You know about the Civil War in the 1800s? Got to know about the Civil War. The German Chancellor Otto von Bismarck once said, The division of the United States into federations of equal force was decided long before the Civil War by the high financial powers of Europe. These bankers were afraid that the United States, if they remained in one block and as one nation, would attain economic and financial independence, which would upset their financial dominion or domination over the world. The voice of the Rothschilds prevailed. Therefore, they sent their emissaries into the field to exploit the question of slavery and to open an abyss between the two sections of the Union. In other words, the Civil War what we call the Civil War, was turned into what we call the Civil War from an exacerbation of political and moral and cultural differences. Exploitation of that by foreign emissaries. Now, Abraham Lincoln, I'm sure you heard of Abraham Lincoln at some point, right? If you've ever been to Boise, Idaho, if you go down near the city where they have the Human Rights Memorial, which is strange because the Human Rights Memorial is basically like an Anne Frank Jewish memorial. That confused me. Well, Jewish people suffered. Are you denying that? What are you talking about? It's a Human Rights Memorial. Why is it a Jewish memorial at the Human Rights? And not saying it's like a Jewish Human Rights Memorial. It's a human Human Rights Memorial. And then they have to make it Jewish, and they have to put Anne Frank there. It's a statue of Anne Frank. It's human rights, but I guess we have to specify certain groups of people because, oh, you're right, it is a racist nation. People are obsessed with race. They're obsessed with sex and gender because that's the only identification they have. That's the only thing that they get any kind of feeling of importance out of because they're soulless people who don't know anything. So here's the bottom line. Abraham Lincoln great abolitionist. You go to Boise, Idaho, they have a black history museum with like a, it's like 15, maybe 20 feet tall. It's big with an enormous Abraham Lincoln sitting outside. And I remember every time I walked by that thing, I always thought, I'm, I, I want to go into this black history museum. And I want to, I, I could imagine, I, by the way, I could paint you the picture of what the person running the black history museum would look like. I, you, you know what they look like. <laughs> you know what they look like. So I always wanted to go in there and be like, why do you have a statue of Abraham Lincoln? And I play it through my head. Well, you don't know about Abraham Lincoln. He freed the slaves. Really? Did he free the slaves? Have you ever read his journal, his diaries? Did you ever listen to any of the, or rather read any of the debates that were listened to and transcribed? Did you ever listen to anything this guy actually said or read anything this guy said? He was not an abolitionist. He was a devout white supremacist racist. But what do I know, right? See, Abraham Lincoln, early on in the conflict, 
said that his goal was to save the American Union, not emancipate the slaves. <gasps> but Ryan, he did emancipate the slaves. You're not getting it, moron. Abraham Lincoln was not an abolitionist. He was not concerned with emancipating the slaves. And Abraham Lincoln, by definition and by his own freaking words, was a white supremacist. He did not want to free the slaves. He wanted to save the Union. Freeing the slaves was the means by which he saved the Union, as we perceive it historically. If you actually read, and I'll read it to you right now, but if you actually written back and read, go back and read some of the things this guy wrote, it's horrific. But not all people of this time thought this way. This was Abraham Lincoln, though. This wonderful hero. Wonderful hero. Isn't that, isn't that ironic? You know that they have like a picture of Abraham Lincoln in the Democratic like national headquarters? There's like a big picture of Abraham Lincoln. First of all, the guy was a Republican. All right. Second of all, he wasn't an abolitionist. And third of all, freeing the slaves was a political move. He hated black people, so far as his writings suggest. So I guess why wouldn't the Democratic Party of old like Abraham Lincoln? Because he was a racist. Of course they liked him. Why would it be any different? Anyway, Abraham Lincoln, when he was debating Stephen Douglas in 1858, Lincoln made some very interesting comments on his personal position. He said, I will say then that I am not nor ever have been in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races. I, as much as any other man, am in favor of having the superior position assigned to the white race. Get away from me, racist. You don't know what you're talking about. Abraham Lincoln freed black people. You don't know anything about history because I sound like Jordan Maxwell tonight. Because you sit there and you watch your sports and you drink your beer and you don't know anything about the world. You had better wake up and realize there are people controlling your life and you don't even know it. Is that what I'm turning into? That's what I'm going to be. <laughs> That's what I'm going to be like when I'm when I'm 80. I mean, can you blame Jordan for being so harsh? Really? Can you blame the guy? Is he wrong? No. It's not wrong. But Abraham Lincoln said, I am in no way in favor of bringing about the equality of white and black races. I believe that the position of superiority should be held by the white race. In 1862, a couple years after the debate with Stephen Douglas, he said, quote, My paramount object in this struggle is to save the Union. If I could save the Union without freeing any slaves, I would do it. If I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. Now, an interesting piece of history that you normally would never hear about in a mainline history book is that Lincoln had an idea of the real, true reason for the friction and the sectionalization of the United States. That it was not slavery. It was like pretty much anything else throughout history, including the only reason that Jesus got real upset and tipped over some tables in the temple was because of economics. Because the South wanted to buy imported European goods that were cheaper, but the North and the Northern manufacturers put import tariffs on those products. And these tariffs were increased after the Southern congressmen left Washington as the Union further dissolved in 1861. And the North, which was very industrial and was filling with immigrants who were willing to work for next to nothing, 
they had no need for slaves. However, the plantations in the South, which was primarily agrarian, were completely dependent on human labor. So the North exacerbated the problem of slavery. And then it was further exacerbated by foreign enemies of the Republic that wished to fracture the country further through synthetic and artificial manipulation of already high tensions that were not the fault per se of the South, but the fault of the North run by an actual white supremacist racist who wanted to see the South maintain slaves despite the fact that many in the South, with the exception of, you know, a very small hand number, handful of small number of plantation owners, wanted to end slavery. Of course, you know, people that own farms and slave plantations, they not slave plantations, but plantations where they had slaves, they didn't want to get rid of slaves because it was their primary source of labor, you know? I mean, look at companies today that use cheap labor. It's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's not because they're racist. It's just because who who's willing to work for nothing? Uh, you. You come over here and do this. There's no there's no legality to it. I mean, it might be illegal in some places, but it's, it's not. there's no legality to it. They can treat you however they want. You're going to keep doing it because you're voluntarily submitting to it. Well, Ryan, black folk didn't submit to it. I'm not saying that they did. I'm saying that the number of people that actually own slaves is so small historically, it is one of the biggest lies, and arguably a Trojan horse, to focus on such a small, tiny piece of history. I'm not talking about slavery and segregation. That's a huge piece of history. If you're talking about ancestral guilt, which was a primary component of never forgetting class warfare in China and Russia and other communist countries, Marxist ideology, never forget class struggle. You go back into the past and you find things that one group of people supposedly did to another group of people and you blame the current generation. It's insignificant because less than 2% of the population owned slaves. And the northern industrial states benefited from that slavery. They didn't want to end slavery. They wanted to stop the South from seceding from the northern part of the country that would throw the North into disarray if the South had become independent of the North. Because the South wanted, to begin with, to purchase cheaper goods because the North was charging too much. It was economic, not racial. Did race play a part? Sure. But as Abraham Lincoln said, I am not nor ever have been in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races. His words, not mine. He said that he wanted to save the Union without freeing any slaves. His words, not mine. His words, not mine. Now, there's this guy, historically, I'm sure that this is not something taught in most history classes. I took AP history, never learned about this guy. His name was Dr., he's a surgeon and author, Dr. George W., not George Bush, George W. L. Bickley. In 1854, he founded a knightly castle, a knightly order, a secretive order organization of knights. He founded this in Cincinnati, Ohio. Later, this became the Knights of the Golden Circle, 
That's what was derived from George W.L. Bickley's Circle of Knights and his plan. He had a plan in the 1850s. His plan was to create a huge slave-holding empire 2,400 miles in circumference with Cuba as the center point. That sounds crazy, Ryan. What are you talking about? I didn't learn that in history. Look, I took AP history, and I crushed it. It was the only class I was good at. Crushed it. I didn't learn that in history class either. I actually read that for the first time in a book called Rule by Secrecy by our old friend Jim Mars, who is resting hopefully in peace. George W.L. Bickley wanted a huge slave-holding empire with the epicenter in Cuba. This was his plan, and he founded the Knights of the Golden Circle, which you know, if you know anything about history, became the Ku Klux Klan. And Bickley made his objective very, very clear in his opposition to ending slavery. He said, quote, The fact is, we want to fight. But how to get one, how to get it, is the question. And so through constant agitation, the Knights of the Golden Circle, the Ku Klux Klan, they were able to concoct enough hatred and fear throughout the North and the South that further led to what we consider to be the Civil War in the 1860s. Now, of course, John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Lincoln, was also a member of the Knights of the Golden Circle because it wasn't like death to tyrants that want to want free slaves. You know, it's death to tyrants who want to free slaves. You can't free slaves. We, we want a whole slave-holding empire. I got to free slaves. We need those slaves. And it's like, well, then Lincoln must have been a great guy. Not really. How many times he suspended habeas corpus and locked people up and murdered people? He routinely circumvented the U.S. Constitution. But, you know, ultimately, between 1861 and 1865, the Civil War really was never a civil war because a civil war is a conflict between factions or sections within a nation. And the majority of citizens in each southern state, they elected to leave the Union. So basically, of the South, they wanted to leave the Union. They wanted their own independent freedom as southern states. And the North didn't want that because the North had immense power. And so the North put restrictions on what the South could do. The South said, no, we want to, re- we want to get out of here. And a lot of the South said, we don't want slave labor. We don't want the slaves anymore. There were people that, of course, opposed that, a lot of people. But it's not the majority. 2% were slave owners. That's it. Some people supported it. Some people didn't support it. So Abraham Lincoln later on, if you know the, the, the war... 1861-1865. Well, sometime in the middle of the war, Abraham Lincoln was like, ah, maybe I should sign that emancipation thing. So, you know what time it was? You know what year it was? You know what the date is? January 1st, 1863, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. When Lincoln is, uh, issued this proclamation, slaves were free. But they weren't necessarily free immediately. He said, quote, Things had gone from bad to worse until I felt that we had reached the end of our rope on the plan of operations we had been pursuing, that we had about played our last card, 
and must change our tactics or lose the game. I now determined upon the adoption of the emancipation policy. In other words, as our old friend, and I mean that literally, Jim Mars used to be on the show all the time, our old friend Jim Mars. Jim Mars said, in other words, it was halfway through this war that slavery became a central issue. The Civil War was not about slavery, folks. It was about economics and money. It's the same reason that Jesus turned over the tables of the money changers, the same reason that you have the First World War, the Second World War, arguably why you had the War of 1812, you had the 1907, the 1929, the 2008, various other panics and run-on banks and depressions. and It's economic. It's financial. It's not a result of some other problem. Do those other problems play into it? Sure. But they are not the central problem. And so when people talk to me about history and they talk to me with an ignorance that is profound, like leaving statues of Margaret Sanger up who said, let's exterminate black people, but tearing down statues of people who wanted to free slaves, even if it was political, like let's get rid of Abraham Lincoln, but leave Margaret Sanger up. They're both racist, but why one and why the other one stands and one is tearing down is why? Because it's perception. They don't know anything. They literally don't know anything because it's never forgetting class warfare. Never forget class warfare. There's an article here from Huffington Post, How to Talk to Your Kids About Privilege. Many white parents avoid talking about race, but the silence conveys privilege. Talk about it. Be a good little slave and do what we say, or you have privilege and we will crush you. We'll get into that in another show, probably. Let me read you something, just so you have an idea. Ignorance of law, right? Ignorance of what is law does not negate the law. Well, ignorance of rights does not negate the rights. Let me ask you, what exactly do you want with these protests? What do you want with with this new pseudo-civil rights movement? Let me explain to you real quick what a civil right is. A civil right is a legal provision that stems from notions of equality. Civil rights are not the Bill of Rights. They deal with legal protections. The right to vote is a civil right. A civil liberty, on the other hand, refers to personal freedoms protected by the Bill of Rights. Do you know what the Bill of Rights are? Well, there is a history of racism. I'm not asking you about the history. I know about the history. Don't tell me about the history, okay? I aced all my AP classes, and I've read thousands of books on history. I know about the history. I'm asking you what you know. Do you know what the 14th Amendment is? Do you know what? civil rights are? Do you know what the Civil Rights Acts are? Do you know what Section 242, Title 18 of U.S. Code says? Do you have any idea that there are legal provisions in place today in the workplace, in society, everywhere that are actually, I guess you're right, they are racist, but they're not racist against anybody except the new minority. Well, primarily white people, but overall, it protects everybody. Everybody's protected. Well, that's just not how it is. Well, idealistically, it protects everybody. It doesn't always work. But when you know how to use it, well, then you realize you still live in the republic. You still live in a constitutional republic. It just doesn't operate that way anymore. 14th Amendment, Section 1. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. 
what is life, liberty, and property. In the 1960s, the Supreme Court began a rapid expansion of the liberty and property aspects of the clause to include such non-traditional concepts as conditional property rights and statutory entitlements. 14th Amendment. 14th Amendment did a lot of other stuff, too. Civil rights. What are civil rights? A civil right is an enforceable right or privilege, which, if interfered with by another, gives rise to an action for injury. You ever heard of the Reconstruction Era? Well, the Reconstruction Era was the period following that civil war, which was based on economics and not race, in which the federal government attempted to pass laws aimed at helping victims of slavery, primarily African Americans. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments are Reconstruction Amendments to the U.S. Constitution, the largest expansion of civil rights in the history of the United States. Go check out 242 Title 18, Section U.S. Code. Read that for yourself. See what that's all about. You know there's the Civil Rights Act, right? You know that you can't discriminate against someone for their race, their sexuality, their identification, all that stuff. So it's like, if you're sitting here and telling me that the United States of America is the most racist nation, it's built on racism, it's built on slavery, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And if you're sitting here today telling me that certain people don't have any rights, you have rights. What? Just because you're ignorant of them doesn't mean you don't have rights. I say moron because I've got to shake you out of your complacency. What do you mean you don't have rights? Well, black trans people that identify as garden tools, what are you talking about? How many of those people exist? One? They still have rights. They're still protected. In fact, the way that things are now, if you are a black trans person who identifies as garden tools, or if you are homosexual, you're black, you... In a lot of places, not all, but in a lot of places, you will be hired over anybody else because they don't want to be seen as racist, because they want to have a more inclusive environment. Rather than hiring people based on merit, we hire people based on race. Rather than judging people by the content of their character, as King said, we judge people on the color of their skin. So you're right, there are lots of people that are racist, and there's a tremendous amount of racial inequality. However, it primarily stems from the people that are constantly yelling about it and saying we need more equality. You are the racists. And just because you're ignorant of human rights, civil rights, and most importantly, civil liberties, does not mean that they don't exist. And let me tell you this, if you're upset because you're gay and you can't marry somebody legally... Is that what's really important? Shouldn't you just be focused on the person that you love? Well, married people get tax breaks. Really? That's what you're worried about? Money? Oh, just like the Civil War, it all comes back to economics. Drop the money. Drop the excessive lifestyles and the idealism. Pick up a history book, and maybe you'll learn what's really going on in the world. Never forget class struggle. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking 
and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM, the Fringe.fm, and www.thesecretteachings.info.